what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. What is going on, my guys? Down to now, Banner Pals. Welcome back to whatever the show where I talk about whatever. My name is Cameron and. If you couldn't tell from that little sound clip, today I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite video game franchises of all time, Crash Bandicoot. And the reason I wanted to talk about Crash Bandicoot for this episode is because currently Crash Bandicoot is celebrating its 25th anniversary. It's hard to believe this little orange bastard's been around for 25 years, but I mean, you know, he's worth the celebration. Crash Bandicoot is really great video game franchise you know it has its it's really good games it's eh, all right games and obviously i mean every video game franchise has to have their terrible games and crash definitely has some terrible games but yeah i just wanted to go over you know talk about crash bandicoot go through you know a bunch of the games talk about whether i played them or not and my experiences with them uh, give a little, you know, some fun facts and just, you know, tell some stories along the way and just give you all kinds of Crash Bandicoot goodness. So, without me babbling on and on, uh, oh, before we get into this episode, I want to get this out of the way quick. Uh, for the rest of September, I might just make the the, the rest of the, if I can speak English, I might just make the rest of September a smilecast because after... I record this and edit this and put this episode out. My schedule for September is just going to be packed. Like, this coming... Like, the Saturday that this episode goes out, I'm going to be busy all day uh, helping my parents put together their uh, anniversary party because they're they're having this huge party for their 30th wedding anniversary. So I got that going on the day this episode comes out, which will be the 11th. And then Sunday, September 12th, I'm going to be going to the Minnesota Renaissance Festival pretty much all day. But then after that, I'm just going to be constantly cleaning and packing and just making sure everything's all good for, you know, to move out of my apartment because I'm moving out by the end of September. So I might just do a smokecast. That way I don't have to worry about that and I can put all my focus into moving out. So yeah, there's that. And then, I guess without me babbling, let's get into Crash Bandicoot, shall we? I mean, that's what you came here for. You're like, God, Cameron, shut up about your personal life. Get on to Crash Bandicoot. All right, I will. Just just relax. Just chom down. Chom down a little. Crash Bandicoot. Now, if you haven't heard of Crash Bandicoot, I definitely recommend it. I mean, if you're if you're a PlayStation person, I mean, he, there's a lot of Crash Bandicoot games on other platforms, but it originated on the PlayStation. So, if you have, I mean, if you have a way to play any of the Crash Bandicoot games, I definitely recommend it. Um, the originals, you know, the originals came out in the '90s, but they did come out with uh, remakes, you know, 
quite a few years later. But I'll get to those in a second. Let's just start at the beginning and let's go onward, shall we? So, the first Crash Bandicoot game. This came out in 1996. And, fun fact, uh, during development, the developers, uh, well, Naughty Dog, referred to Crash Bandicoot as the Sonic's ass game. Because they said it was essentially playing like a, a platformer from, you know, viewing behind your character. And it's weird that they called it the Sonic's ass game because, you know, Sonic originated as a 2D side-scroller. And they mixed that in with the original Crash as well. Like, you uh, essentially were going through these levels from behind Crash. And another fun fact, they, uh, they made the levels, like, tunnel-like and corridor-like because there's a lot of polygons or, you know, resources that they, they use to make all these levels of characters and whatnot. And they made it corridor-like so that they could unload, you know, stuff that you're not going to see. So that way they could save on resources and it doesn't overload anything. Um, but the story of the original Crash is that... Um, Dr. Neocortex and his assistant, uh, Nitrous Brio, or is it, yeah, Nitrous Brio, or Enbrio, uh, they're working in this lab, and they, uh, they're testing, they're doing science experiments on different animals, and one day they decide to experiment on a bandicoot, but it goes wrong, and then out comes, you know, Crash escapes, and they instead capture his girlfriend, Tana. And you basically, throughout the whole game, as Crash, you venture from, you know, the woods all the way to uh, Cortex's castle to save your girlfriend. <laughs> That's the basic plot of the first one. There's not a whole lot to go into that. There's a... And it's pretty easy. I mean, it is... It is challenging in some, in some levels, but once you get the hang of it, it's really... It's not that hard of a game. Uh, there is one level that they left out of the original called, uh, what is it? Stormy Ascent. There's a level called Stormy Ascent, which was cut out of the original game because the developers thought it was too hard, which is weird because they then added that into the, uh, the remakes in, uh, Insane Trilogy. But, yeah, it's a pretty solid game. Uh, the next one that came out in 1997 was Crash Bandicoot 2 Cortex Strikes Back. Now, obviously, being a sequel to the first Crash Bandicoot, there's a lot that they did different. They added some, like, gameplay stuff and everything. And the plot with this one is after his defeat in Crash 1. Because in in Crash 1, when you fight Cortex in the final boss battle, you knock him off of his little jet thing that he has when he's fighting you. And at the beginning of Crash 2, you see him falling from that and he crash lands into this cave full of crystals. And then he gets an idea. He's like, oh, the crystals, of course. So then he decides, oh, you know, I'm going to need the crystals to carry out my evil plan. But the whole thing with Crash 2 is that he basically tricks Crash because Crash is, you know, too stupid to know any better. He tricks Crash into gathering all the crystals for him, essentially. Because he's like, oh, hey, I'm a good guy. I want to work with you now. I'm sorry for trying to fight you in the first game. But, hey, let's work together to get all these crystals so I can stop Embryo. Because he's the real asshole here. <laughs> Which is funny, because then later in the game, 
uh, embryo actually talks to you and tries to convince you to get all, not just the crystals, but the gems, so that he can use them to stop Cortex, because essentially he, embryo, was betrayed by Cortex. And the whole time, uh, actually this is the first game that introduces your sister Coco. And um, speaking of female characters, uh, remember when I was... I mentioned Tana from the first game. Yeah, she's nowhere to be seen in Crash 2. Like, they're just like, all right, you know, there she was in the first game. You know, <laughs> but the second game, they're like, Tana who? But yeah, uh, Crash 2 also introduces a new character, uh, Crash's sister, Coco. And there's some parts in the game, as you're going through the levels, where Coco is like, hey, you know, don't trust Cortex. He's he's tricking you. And Crash is just sitting there scratching his head because he's he's dumb. <laughs> He's essentially dumb. But yeah, you know, you go through the levels, collect all the crystals, uh, defeat Cortex, yada yada yada, same, you know, same old, same old sauna dance. But the thing about Crash 2, what they did different in this one, is that, you know, they added, obviously added some movements, because in uh, the first Crash, literally all you could do is move, jump, and do your spin attack. But in Crash 2, they added stuff like crouching and... All that, and yeah, this is they definitely Crash Two is basically just an improvement, and instead of in Crash One, because in Crash One when you went through the levels, you went along this like pathway thing, you just went level by level. But in Crash Two, it's different because you actually had a hub world where you could choose, you know, which level you wanted to go in, and you just did that throughout. Like I believe it was like four different levels, and. Yeah, that's how they did... Ah, my phone. <laughs> Sorry, I dropped something. Uh, that's how they did that. That's how they did that. Jesus Christ, I can't speak English today. That's how they did that. There we go. Gold star for English today. So, going on from Crash 2, we go on to 1998's Crash Bandicoot Warped. Now, this is the third one in the Naughty Dog trilogy, and Crash Bandicoot Warp was actually the first Crash game I ever played, and the first one I ever beat 100%, like, got all the crystals, all the gems, did all the time trial stuff. It was the first one I did 100%. Now, Crash Bandicoot Warped definitely upped the ante from the second one. Uh, the basic plot of the, of the third one is... So... Oh, I forgot to mention all the way back in talking about the first Crash game. Uh, you're basically your pal throughout the whole thing. Crash's friend throughout the whole thing is this magical mask named Aku Aku. And he's basically serves as like a hit point in most cases. Like you get hit, he disappears. Then you get hit again, you lose a life. And he basically sticks with you throughout the whole series. But... Come Crash Bandicoot Warped, you find out there's actually like an evil version of Atu Atu, essentially, called Uta Uta. You know, very clever name, Atu Atu backwards, Uta Uta. And Uta Uta is pissed at Cortex because he hasn't been able to defeat uh, Crash Bandicoot. So Uta Uta is like, alright, I'm gonna hire some help. This is your last chance to defeat him. So he hires help from another villain we get introduced to now called Entropy, who basically has, excuse me, he has power over time. And 
when I say Crash Bandicoot warped up the Andy from the last one, they definitely upped it, like, to the max. Like, there's all kinds of moves now. Like, you can slide jump. You can slide jump in the, the second one, too. But, yeah. Crash Bandicoot 3 did slide jumping, power-ups. Um, one of my favorites being the Death Tornado Spin, which basically... I mean, you also got a double jump. I mean, you've always had a double jump, but... Basically, the Death Tornado is when you jump and you press a spin button, but you just keep pressing it, so you just keep spinning throughout the air, and you can actually cover a great distance when you do that. Um, another power-up that got introduced in Crash Bandicoot Warped is the Crash Dash. Now, the second one and third one, I believe, are the first ones to do time trials, which basically meant that you had to, when you replayed the level, a uh, clock would appear, and you basically had to get through the level as fast as you could while breaking uh, time crates that had like different numbers on them, like one, two, three. And we had to get the fastest time possible to get these things called relics. Now, the better you do, the different color relics you get, with the hardest one being the platinum relics, which basically required you to be like pixel perfect with your times. Uh, I think the most you have to get is the purple relic. Like, the best one you have to get is a purple relic. That's, you know, that's only needed for completion. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot 1 didn't have any of these. They only introduced them from, like, 2 onwards. Uh, but yeah, Crash Bandicoot 3 definitely did well. The one thing, the things I really loved in Crash Bandicoot Warped was the vehicle ones. Like, there was a, first, there was a level... That you did. I forget the name of it, but I think it was called Hot Wild. But it was essentially a race. Essentially, you raced uh, Neo Cortex's assistants on a motorcycle. Like they had buddies, and you as Crash raced them on a motorcycle. And this was also the first game that allowed you to play as Coco in some levels. Like you played as Crash throughout the whole game, but there are some levels where <laughs> you go to hop in to the level and you actually like, faceplant, and then Coco comes up from behind and jumps into the level. Um, I forget what the first level is called that you play as Coco, but it's one where you're on this, like, it kind of looks like the Great Wall of China, and as Coco, you're riding on this tiger named uh, Pura. And it's actually a really fun level. It's really fun to, you know, speedrun and get the time trial in, too. But yeah, you know, same old, same old, you know, Cortex is up to some evil shenanigans and you have to stop him. Then, next game in this list, and this is a departure from the rest of the series, is Crash Team Racing. Now, the thing with Crash Team Racing, now, with the first three Crash Bandicoot games, Naughty Dog only had, like, a three-game contract with uh, Universal, and I guess... From this, from a video I saw from a Digino gaming video, I learned that apparently the whole there's a lot of bad blood between Naughty Dog and Universal Interactive because Universal Interactive would make them work like 20 hour work weeks. Sometimes they would go after hours, and when they went after hours, they wouldn't keep the AC on, which was bad because they were based in Los Angeles, and I guess the summer heat in Los Angeles could be pretty bad. I mean, it's It'd be pretty bad anywhere, you know, but I imagine in California, it's probably bad. So, after their uh, 3D contract went up, Naughty Dog started working on a racing game that initially had 
blocked characters. And the, when they presented this to uh, Sony, Sony was like, oh, you know, this is good, but can we make it a crash game? And essentially there was a lot of like confusion and Universal were kind of being bastards about it. And uh, basically Naughty Dog created a racing game based on Crash Bandicoot as kind of a fuck you to Universal Interactive. Another fun fact about Crash Team Racing is that they actually tried to kill the whole Crash Bandicoot series with the villain of the game, Nitrous Oxide. Because in the game, uh, Nitrous Oxide is this alien that shows up on the planet that are on and basically is like, hey, I'm going to turn this whole thing into a parking lot unless you race, you compete in all these races and the best racer you have defeats me in a race. So, essentially, they tried to kill the series with nitrous oxide because they're like oh we're gonna make the villain an alien people are gonna think it's stupid and then you know we're gonna be able to move on to something else but to their surprise everybody actually loved the the uh the idea of the villain being an alien and uh crash team racing was actually really highly regarded people a lot of people really to this day still really love crash team racing so that kind of failed on their part uh, before I move on to all those, there's some fun facts about the uh, the other games that I want to mention. Uh, there was a little while in 1999 that Crash Bandicoot, the whole series, had a collaboration with Pizza Hut, where uh, demo discs of Crash Team Racing were actually included with their stuffed crust pizzas. Do you guys remember that that wonderful time when you know you'd order a pizza and you'd get like a movie or a free demo disc? with a bunch of different game demos on it. You know, nothing better, <laughs> nothing says I like to play video games like a greasy demo disc. In <laughs> uh, Crash 2, uh, the file names for all of Cortex's assistants, you know, his little, his little minions, uh, they were shortened in the file names to Ass. And one, one of them was even referred to as Ass Banner. And that carried on to uh, Crash 3, where they're like, alright, you know, we thought this was funny, so we're gonna even go further with it. So some of the enemy names and, like, character file names were things like Asshole and Motherfucker. Uh, moving on with this list, now, a lot of these I might just, I'm just gonna list off. I'm just gonna list off all of these, unless I get to one that I've played. And then, you know, we'll go on from there, so... Crash Bash was the next Crash Bandicoot game, and, uh, give me a second, because Crash Bash was the first Crash Bandicoot game that was developed not by Naughty Dog, because this is all after the, uh, this is all after Naughty Dog's, uh, involvement with the whole series, which isn't bad. I mean, Naughty Dog went on to create some really good games, like, you know, Last of Us, and Jack and Daxter, and the Uncharted series. Uh, but Trash Bash was developed by Eurocom, actually, and published by Sony Computer Entertainment. And essentially, it was it's a party game. It's another great party game, but it's a party game nonetheless. Uh, 2001, we have Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Quartets. Now... This one essentially was treated, I mean, 
mainly in Japan, as Crash Bandicoot 4. This is supposed to be a sequel to Crash Bandicoot Warped. This was, yeah, this is published, this was released, I should say, in 2001, and it was developed by Traveler's Tales and published by Universal Interactive Studios. So Universal Interactive came back to do this, but working with Traveler's Tales this time. And uh, Eurocom actually returned with this one too, and they developed the GameCube version of this. Uh, This one was released on PlayStation 2, GameCube, Xbox 360, and Xbox. I believe this is the first Crash game that was original Crash game. Crash game that was ported to different things. Uh, Next, in 2002, we go to the Game Boy Advance. We have Crash Bandicoot, The Huge Adventure, or Crash Bandicoot XS, if you're in. I believe XS was the American title. I forget. I watched the Catacurse video of him talking about it, and I don't remember if it was called XS in Europe. I think it was called XS in Europe, but in America, it was called The Huge Adventure, and it was ported onto... It was. It came out for the Game Boy Advance on February 25th, 2002, and it was actually developed by Vicarious Visions this time, which, you know, keep that name in mind. We'll get to that a little later. Um, the next one that came out was a sequel to that, uh, Crash Panda 2 Entranced, which came out in, on January 7th, 2003. Uh, next, after that... Crash Bandicoot Nitro Kart, which came out November 11th, 2003, and it was supposed to be another racing game in, you know, with along with the likes of Crash Team Racing, and it was okay. It wasn't, definitely wasn't as great as Crash Team Racing. Like, they tried to make it as popular as Crash Team Racing, but it just, it didn't work out. Uh, they added new characters and all that. And essentially, it's a, it's a poor version of Crash Team Racing. Uh, Crash Bandicoot Purple came out on the Game Boy Advance. Here, Crash Bandicoot Purple, Reptiles Rage, and Spyro Orange, the Cortex Conspiracy. Now, this is a weird grouping of games because this is when they decided that Crash Bandicoot needed to uh, partner up with another big PlayStation mascot that was happening at that time, Spyro the Dragon. Because, yeah, not only was Crash really popular at the time, but also Spiral the Dragon was really popular, too. And they decided to put the two together and give them their own separate Game Boy games. With Crash Bandicoot Purple uh, being, you know, Crash interacting with Ripto. You know, basically fighting Ripto at the end. And Spyro Orange with Spyro fighting Cortex at the end. Yeah, and... This came out 2004 for the Game Boy Advance, again by Vicarious Visions. They did a lot of games, I just realized. Uh, the next game we have here is Crash Twin Sanity, and this came out September 28th, 2004, and this was developed by Traveler's Tales this time. And essentially, this is supposed to be uh, Crash Bandicoot 5. Like, it's supposed to be a sequel to Wrath of Cortex. Now, the thing with this is that there, uh, there's actually a different gameplay style here. There's a part where uh, Cortex is actually trying to steal a crystal from Crash, but then he fails. But then he, basically, what happens is that there's these villains that pop up, if you can call them that, called the Evil Twins, which is a really stupid name. And 
they basically want to screw Tor- Cortex over too. So Cortex is like, hey, you know, I'll partner with you for the moment just to get these assholes <laughs> out of the way. So a lot of the game is you and Cortex. You're partner- partnering up with Cortex this time. I mean, he ends up betraying you in the end, but yeah. It's a little different gameplay style. Uh, the next game we have on this list is Crash Tad Team Racing. Now, I already said Nitro Kart wasn't that great. Tad Team Racing was definitely not that great. It was a little better gameplay-wise, but it wasn't. still wasn't that great. Uh, this came out October 19th, 2005, and it was def- developed by Radical Entertainment and published by Vivendi Universal. For the PSP, PlayStation 2, GameCube, and Xbox. Uh, next, we have Crash Boom Bang. Now, this is another party game that was absolutely terrible. This came out July 20th, 2006, and it was developed by a studio called Dimps. God, how did this, how did this even become a thing? Uh, if you watch... I definitely look up Crash Boom Bang Categorist. He goes into a lot of detail about this game. He goes into a lot of reasons why it's terrible. It's just... It's a poor man's party game. It's a poor man's uh, Mario Party, essentially. Next, we have... Essentially what started the downfall of Crash Bandicoot for a while. We have Crash of the Titans. Now, all the characters got redesigns in this and everything. It doesn't look the same as the original... Crash Bandicoot, and this is where this is why everyone says it's the downfall of Crash Bandicoot. This came out in October of 2007, and it was developed by Radical Entertainment again. And it, just to give you an idea of how messed up this was, the original Crash design was you know pretty simple. You know, he's an orange Bandicoot with jeans on, whatever. In this one, they not only messed with the jeans and everything and his shoes, but they gave him tribal tattoos. And they also basically made... They turned Akuatu into a surfboard, essentially. Well, he's surfboard-shaped, I should say. But Crash of the Titans is definitely... It was definitely, you know... It was an okay game. Not great, but it was okay. The sequel to that, however, was a little better. Honestly, in my opinion. it's It may be a hot take, but I definitely think Mind Over Mutant is better than... Uh, Crash of the Titans. It's not as bad as a lot of people say it is. Uh, Mind Over Mutant came out October 7th, 2008. Uh, Again, developed by Radical Entertainment. And I should mention the whole thing with Crash of the Titans and Mind Over Mutant. uh, There was a new gameplay. First of all, it went away from the whole like corridor, like level design, and you were more in like open world places. But one of the biggest gameplay differences is that you used Aku Aku to, uh, quote-unquote, jack monsters. Which basically means that, like, you got their... You actually fought in these games, too. You got their health down to, you know, a certain point, and then you press a button, and you have Aku Aku essentially take over them, and you can control different monsters. It's... I mean, it's an okay game. Mind Over Mutant was definitely better, because all the cutscenes... A lot of the cutscenes... Each cutscene was done in a different animation style, I should say. Because the game started off with, like, shadow puppets, and then it would go to, like, 
you know, your typical cartoon flash animation, and then it would do like an anime thing. It was just, it was, it had a lot of charm to it. It still wasn't a great game, but I definitely enjoyed it more than Crash of the Titans. I don't even think I played all of Crash of the Titans, but I definitely owned a copy of Mind Over Mutant. Uh, skipping these other two because they were absolute travesties, we got Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Now, what Insane Trilogy was, was basically a remaster of the first three Crash Bandicoot games, the original first three. Which, I honestly, is the only way to play any of the original Crash Bandicoot games. Like, if you're looking for a way to play the original Crash Bandicoot games, just buy the Insane Trilogy. It's a better way to play them, I should say, in my opinion. And what's weird with Insane Trilogy is that like I said before, with the whole time trial thing, they didn't introduce those until 2 and 3, but with Insane Trilogy, they added those into the first game, which is kind of a problem, because the first games were not meant to be ru- The first game's levels were not meant to be rushed. And with, uh, I think I mentioned before, too, with the first game, that there was a level that they cut out, because the developers thought it was too hard. Well, they added it into Insane Trilogy, which is funny, because, like, you load up the level, and during the loading screen, usually they have, like, tips or whatever, be like, yeah, do this, blah, blah, blah. But when you go into Stormy Descent, all the tip thing says is, good luck. (laughs) Because they know it's ball-achingly difficult. But yeah, Insane Trilogy, I absolutely adore. I still have it to this day. I should actually re-download it and start playing it again. Uh, next. Oh, I should mention too, <laughs> before I move on, I get too far ahead. Uh, Insane Trilogy came out on June 30th, 2017, and was developed by Vicarious Visions, and published by Activision. So, Vicarious Visions came back after all these terrible crash games, and we're like, hey, let's just go back to the roots. How about that? So, basically, they remade the original trilogy. And they also gave us 2019's Crash Team Racing Nitro-Fueled. This was actually developed by... No, actually, no, it wasn't Vicarious Visions, my mistake. It was developed by Beanox and published by Activision. And essentially, this is is another remake. It's a remake of Crash Team Racing. But with the whole subtitle Nitro-Fueled is that they added... You know, stuff from Nitro Kart as well. Like, elements, different gameplay elements, and some characters from Nitro Fueled. Basically making it like a... Like a penultimate uh, crash racing game. Which I still have to get because... It's... From the gameplay I've seen, it's really fun. Like, I definitely adore racing games. Like, I can kick anyone's ass at Mario Kart and... That is a challenge. That is a threat. (laughs) But yeah, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel. Basically, like what I said about Insane Trilogy, like being the only way to play uh, the original Crash Trilogy, I believe Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel is the, you know, the best way to play the original Crash Team Racing. Uh, and then we move on to the most recent big Crash Bandicoot game, Crash Bandicoot 4 It's About Time, which came to us September 16th, 2020. So just last year. And the funny thing with Crash Bandicoot 4 is about time. The reason they call it Crash Bandicoot 4 
is because they recognized that like Wrath of Cortex and Twin Sanity were terrible sequels to the original trilogy. So they basically reset the timeline. And now Crash Bandicoot 4 It's About Time is the sequel to the original Crash Bandicoot Warped. Because they're like, yeah, we know their games are terrible, so instead of, you know, dwelling on that, we're going to make a whole brand new timeline of stuff. And it's from what I've heard about Crash Bandicoot 4, it's, it's a really fun game, but definitely don't put in the work to complete it 100%, because it's a pain in the ass. Like, uh, again, I'll actually put a link to his video in the description, but Kid Icarus did this whole video talking about how Crash Bandicoot 4 is a fun game to play, but it's a pain in the ass to, like, you know, fully complete. You know, like, getting all the crystals, all the gems, everything, because there's, like, there's, like, a few hundred of those to collect. It's just, like, you know, if you really want to put in that time and effort, definitely do it. But it's just, like, be prepared to be there for, like, hours and hours on end. And the last, you know, the last game we got on this list, the last, the current Crash Bandicoot game that is out now, most recent one, I should say, is Crash Bandicoot on the Run, which came to us uh, just this past year. I think beginning of this year, actually, 2021. Oh, March 25th, 2021. And it's not a traditional console game. It is actually a mobile game. Think of the likes of, like, Temple Run and all that. It's essentially Temple Run, but with Crash Bandicoot. And I downloaded it as soon as it came out. Like, I pre... I pre-downloaded it, I should say. And it was fun for about two weeks. And then I just gave up on it. Because, essentially, you know, you go through, you run, you defeat enemies, whatever. But what is the most pain in the ass thing about it is that for a lot of levels, you need, like, resources and stuff and materials. And they give you... There's these things you can do. Like, you put in these things, and then you can make resources. But a lot of them take time. Like, actual, real time. Like, you put all these things together to make this one thing you need for a level, and it's like, oh, this will be ready in an hour and a half. So, you have to wait an hour and a half before you can do anything, and... Like I said, it's not a bad game. It's just all the waiting you have to do really kills the flow of everything. It's just... Like I said, it was fun for about two weeks, but I def I deleted it because it's just... It no longer became fun. Uh, let's see, is there... Did I have any more notes on Crash Bandicoot? I'm trying to make this not a super short episode, but it just might end up being that way. Uh... I don't got any more facts on Crash Bandicoot, but I did want to end this little uh, this this Crash Bandicoot episode with an article I actually found while doing all this research and everything from IGN. Um, this was actually posted today, like this morning, September 9th. Crash Bandicoot video could include further proof proof of an unannounced game. A new Crash Bandicoot video and promotional material celebrating the series' 25th anniversary appear to include further indications that the rumored Crash Bandicoot player versus player or PvP PvE party game known as Wampa League is real and 
is on its way. On September 8th, certain members of the press, including IGN's Jonathan Dornbush, and influencers received a Crash Bandicoot 25th anniversary package ahead of today's anniversary, September 9th, that included a big Wumpa Pinata, a mallet, and a postcard. Now, what does this postcard say? Crash has been on the most insane adventures in the past 25 years, battled the toughest bosses, traveled to the craziest dimensions of time, and even met some friends who were way out of his lead. Celebrate by eating Crash's favorite snack, a wampa fruit, with you and your team. What IGN and many others noticed was not only the logo on the mallet, but a line on the poster that says, Even met some friends who are way out of his lead. Both These both very well may be hinting at an upcoming announcement for this wampa lead game. For those unfamiliar, Wumpa Lead, according to video game historian Liam Robertson, was, slash is, allegedly, quote, an online multiplayer Crash Bandicoot game or add-on for Crash 4 that would be, quote, a competitive multiplayer collect-a-thon platformer with open 3D environments. Players would be part of either an orange team or blue team, hence the Lotus Colors and you would collect the iconic Wumpa Fruit spread around the levels and try to bring them back to your base. There was said to be a focus on skins and XP progression, and Spyro would appear would apparently pr- appear as a backpack-slash-parachute. This obviously did not make it into Crash 4, it's about time, but many believe that Wumpa Lead, for some, or some version of that title, is still on its way. One of the biggest reasons was a tease at the end of Crash 4 if you completed everything the game had to offer. In the game's first level, there was a TV that, when hit, would switch channels to an image of each Crash game through Crash 4. After the fourth one, the screen would go blank. However, when players reached the top completion level of 106%, a fifth hit would cause a logo to quickly pop up on the screen that is very similar to the one now being teased. Uh, Let me see these... Let me see this video quick. So yeah, you hit the TV, you got the first crash, second crash, third crash, crash four. And then, yeah, there's a little logo. It does a little, like, orange and blue thing. It's really hard hard to see, but yeah, after a fourth hit, after you complete 106%, there's a secret logo. Speaking of teases, Toys for Bob shared a heartfelt message for Crash Bandicoot's 25th anniversary, and while no new game was announced, an updated version of that logo appears at the minute 12 mark. Furthermore, the devs thanked the fans for their support of Crash over the years, and they ended by saying, Happy 25th anniversary, Crash. We'll see more of you very soon. While this is only a tease and could end up being nothing at all, this will hopefully be a sign of good things to come for fans of the franchise that began on the original PlayStation in 1996, like me! It's also important to note that this isn't the first time the company has teased upcoming games in this fashion, as it sent out a purple egg from a, quote, Falcon McBob ahead of the announcement of the Spiral Reunited trilogy. While this isn't quite the same, it shows a bit of about the company's history in revealing its games. So yeah, I guess, you know, there may be a new Crash game on the horizon coming soon, maybe by the end of this year. But, yeah, where am I at on this episode? I'm at 39, 39 minutes or so? Yeah, that's gonna be my episode on Crash Bandicoot. I'm sorry this sounded a little, uh, little scatterbrained and a little awkward. I just kind of recorded this last minute because I really wanted to, I had this... 
idea of just burning a hole into my skull, and I really wanted to do it. And also, I wanted to do this ahead of time before Kate got home because she said, and I quote, I don't really care about Crash Bandicoot. Not that she's being mean or anything, and I get it. You know, she didn't, she's one of those plebs that didn't grow up with PlayStation, so I really don't blame her. She was one of those Nintendo kids. <laughs> no hate to Nintendo kids. But yeah, that's going to be my episode on Crash Bandicoot. Happy 25th anniversary, you dumb orange marsupial. If you guys played Crash Bandicoot, definitely let me know on uh, social medias. Everything will be in the link in the description, the link tree, and like I said before, I'll put a link to the Cat Icarus video also in the description. Also in the description, as always, there's a link to send me a voice message, you know, give me a little opinion, give me a shout out, say hi, whatever, tell me I suck, do whatever with it. Um... Also, with that, there's going to be the link to help support this podcast. Totally don't have to, but I definitely appreciate any support you show, and any support goes directly to doing this podcast. None of it is going to be wasted on me. Well, I might buy my cat some treats, but rest assured, your money is not going to be used frivolously. Um, but yeah, social medias and that, you know, link tree in the description. Click on all the things in the description, it'll take you to all kinds of fun places. Uh, with that, that's going to be the end of this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys stay hydrated. Uh, wear your mask. Get vaccinated. Bless your face. If you sneezed while listening, bless you. And as always, I will see you in the next episode. So long. So long.